there can be something special about nostalgia. Going back to a place you had been to before where it was very special. Maybe it's a college that you went to or a a home that you grew up in or, or a place that you used to hang out with friends or maybe your spouse when you were dating. And going back to those places can be very special. And it can give you a different perspective. Mm-hmm. It can sometimes even be life-changing. Yeah, especially if you point it in that direction. If you use the emotions, because there's always emotions attached with nostalgia. Yeah. And if you use those emotions to point you in the right direction yeah. towards spiritual things, it could be really valuable. It can. And that's what's going to happen with Jacob today in chapter 35. In fact, we even, he even changes his name. It's such a nostalgic trip for him. His mm-hmm. name has changed. So Genesis chapter 35, you're listening and, to Between the Lines. And Dad, you want to start it off? You bet. Verse 1, chapter 35. Then God said to Jacob, get ready and move to Bethel and settle there. Build an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. Now just a, as a quick uh, reminder, Bethel is where he saw the angels going mm-hmm. up and down, the yep. ladder, all, all of that. So a special place for Jacob. So Jacob told everyone in his household, get rid of all your pagan idols, purify yourself, which is sad that he even had to tell them that, yeah. that he allowed that to go. So get rid of all your pagan idols, purify yourself, and put on clean clothing. We're now going to Bethel, where I will build an altar to the God who answered my prayers when I was in distress. He had been with me wherever I, was, had, wherever I have gone. I think what was going on here, too, is that, remember, we criticized Jacob last yesterday because of his passivity, and that's what led to all the sin of his household. And here we see his passivity here. He was not take, He had not been taking the lead up until now, and he hadn't heard from God maybe in a while. And so he's thinking, okay, and he's just letting things go and letting the family members worship false gods. He was not being the leader that no. he was supposed to be. And it is a good reminder that you can start now. I think sometimes I'll even talk with guys. It's like, ah, it's just kind of too late. You know, the kids are kind of older and my marriage has operated that way for so long. It's like, well, today's a new day. Just do it now. And that's yep. what you see Jacob doing. And he does. He says, so, okay, we're going to do this now. Let's, let's do this. So verse 4, so they gave Jacob all their pagan idols and earrings and buried them under the great tree near Shechem. And they set out a terror from God spread over all, or as they set out, a terror from God spread over all the people in all the towns of that area so no one attacked Jacob's family. Because it was very dangerous in the ancient world. When you're traveling, you could very easily be attacked because everybody feels threatened. Anytime there's a people on the move, they feel threatened. Eventually, Jacob and his household arrived at Luz, also called Bethel, in Canaan. Remember, we talked about Luz. We've got a woman in our church named Luz. Mm -hmm. Jacob built an altar there and named the place El Bethel, which means God of Bethel, because God had appeared to him there when he was fleeing from his brother Esau. Soon after this, Rebekah's old nurse, Deborah, died. She was buried beneath the oak tree in the valley below Bethel. Ever since, the tree has been called Alon Bakuth, which means Oak of Weeping. Now that Jacob had returned from Padan Aram, God appeared to him again at Bethel. God blessed him, saying, Your name is Jacob, but you will not be called Jacob any longer. From now on, you will be Israel. So God renamed him Israel, which we saw that a couple of days ago, when right before that was when he had wrestled with yeah. the angel of the Lord and before he met Esau. So his name goes from Jacob, which... If means I remember correctly, means deceiver, mm-hmm. to Israel, which means one who wrestles with God. Mm-hmm. Then God said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. I love that, that term, El, El Shaddai or El Shaddai. There was a real famous Christian song. Those of you that are in my age that were oh, believers back then kid, in the 80s. El Shaddai. El Shaddai. I always El make the joke like, what did Al do? Why, why, why should El die? 
<laughs> Nicole, actually, my wife has a tattoo, El Shaddai in Hebrew on oh, her wrist. Yeah. God Almighty, and I love that term. I love referring to him as the Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. You will become a great nation, even many nations. Kings will be among your descendants. And I will give you the land I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants after you. Then God went up from that place where he had spoken to Jacob. You want to take over? Yep. Jacob set up a stone pillar to mark the place where God had spoken to him. Then he poured wine over it as an offering to God and anointed the pillar with olive oil. And Jacob named the place Bethel, which means house of God, because God had spoken to him there. Leaving Bethel, Jacob and his clan moved on toward Ephrath. Uh, but Rachel went into labor while they were still some distance away. Her labor pains were intense. After a very hard delivery, the midwife exclaimed, don't be afraid, you have another son. Rachel was about to die, but with her last breath, she named the, the baby Benoni, which means son of my sorrow. The baby's father, however, called him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Now, in modern days, of course, it's very unusual for a woman to die in childbirth. Well, it is still dangerous. It's just that we've got great medical care. Right. But in the ancient world, this was very common. I, I don't think we recognize how close to death women are when they're delivering a child. And yep. this was the case here. She, she died, as again, was not uncommon. And so she has this son named Benjamin, which ends up being the, the 12th mm-hmm. of the sons. Jacob set up a stone monument over Rachel's grave, and it can be seen there to this day. Uh, to this day, day, meaning the day of the writing. Then Jacob traveled on and camped beyond Migdal Adair. While he was living there, Reuben had intercourse with Bilhah, his father's concubine, and Jacob soon heard about it. Now, again, another, I don't mean to just like pick on Jacob here, but you do see, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've preached on this before, you do see another uh, act of passivity again because he doesn't do anything about it. He finds out that his son is sleeping with his concubine and just lets it go. Yeah, and it, we've wandered far away from God's plan, which we see when Adam and Eve were first created yeah. and brought together, and we read, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife, and that's not what Jacob the was two doing. shall become one. Yeah. These are the names of the 12 sons of Jacob. The sons of Leah were Reuben, Jacob's oldest son, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. The sons of Rachel were Joseph and Benjamin. The sons of Bilhah, Rachel's servants, were Dan and Naphtali. And the sons of Zilpah, Leah's servant, were Gad and Asher. These are the names of the sons who were born to Jacob at Padanaram. So Jacob returned to his father Isaac in Mamre, which is near Kiriath Arba, now called Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had both lived as foreigners. Isaac lived for 180 years, then he breathed his last and died at a ripe old age, joining his ancestors in death. And his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. And that is the end of chapter 35. All right, we're done with Isaac. Jacob's going to continue for a little bit. And and then uh, Genesis only gets more interesting, I think, from here as we're going to eventually get into the story of Joseph, which is really cool. But we'll continue on with chapter 36 tomorrow, but let's get over to the Proverbs. Chapter 6, we want to point out verse 12. It says, what are worthless and wicked people like? I love that that hook that he has there. What are worthless and wicked people like? They're constant liars because mm. that's what it all boils down to, really. Mm-hmm. Lacking just, to integrity. And, and not wanting truth. And that's what, you know, that, in fact, in my house, and I was raised this way, Dad, so I got this from <laughs> you and Mom, but in my house, my girls know 
there's just there ab- there's just absolutely no grace with lies mm-hmm. that they just can't get away with it because nothing will tear us and them apart and tear them apart from God than just trying to even twist the truth. I think sometimes we read verses like this, constant liars, we think of just bold-faced lies. But a lot of it is just trying to hide the truth, twist the truth mm-hmm. just a little bit, maybe even kind of twist the truth to make me just look a little bit better in what just happened. It's lies. And many will brag about lying. It's just... When that three-year-old tells that cute little lie that everybody wants to laugh about because it's so obvious not the truth, you just remember that cute little lie turns into a horrible lack of integrity yeah. if you don't deal with that now. It's a nasty seed. Don't don't laugh at a nasty seed that will kill that kid's life. And if you see it as a struggle in yourself, and believe me, I did. I was a horrible liar as a kid growing up. And I got caught in a lie when I was in, I think it was a senior high school, living in a dorm in a Bible college. And my roommate caught me in a lie and sat me down and talked to me. It was the best thing in the world for me. And I knew this has got to be something that stops now because it will kill you. So be honest. Yep. Yep. Even when it hurts. Honestly. Especially when it hurts. Yep. All right. Well, make it a good Thursday today. Enjoy it. We'll see you tomorrow. 